The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive with Dr. Rebecca Risk. Do you ever feel that even though nothing seems seriously wrong and you pass all the medical tests, that you still feel that your health, pain, and fatigue are completely out of control? It doesn't have to be that way. Listen to the tips and suggestions given on our program today and take back control of your health. Now, here is Dr. Rebecca Risk. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Robin Ray Green. She is a mother of two boys, licensed acupuncturist and herbalist, and a leading expert in the field of pediatric acupuncture. Today, we're discussing her book, Heal Your Child from the Inside Out, The Five-Element Way to Nurturing Healthy, Happy Kids. Robin, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much, Rebecca. It's great to be here. Um, I was really excited about your book. Um, you know, not a lot of people think about doing Chinese medicine um, with kids. You know, they I get asked that a lot. Can you treat kids? Is that okay? And I think it's, it's exciting that you have a whole book and a whole practice geared towards helping kids being healthier and happier. Oh, my gosh. I know so many kids um, can benefit and are in need of healing beyond Western medical treatment. And it's just been... So such um, wonderful work to do to be working with these kids and helping them heal now while they're children so they can be healthy as they turn into adults. Uh, you know, I definitely agree. I think a lot of things do start when we're younger. So why not learn healthy habits and be happier and then have less issues as we grow up? Mm-hmm. So what brought you to um, treating children in the first place? Well, when... I had my first son, and he was an infant. He had a severe case of eczema that Western doctors were unable to treat, and we had gone from specialist to specialist, and at the end of all of it, on all the testing, we were basically told that we would just have to wait it out and hope that he would outgrow it. And as both a mom and an acupuncturist and healer, the thought of just waiting and doing nothing just didn't seem like something I could even fathom doing. And so, although I had training in acupuncture and herbal medicine for adults, I had very little training at the time to work with children. And so, I just took it upon myself with the sole mission of healing my son to figure out how I could use Chinese medicine to heal him. And as I started doing that, I was sharing my story with my patients and my friends, and they started asking me, well, could you help with my son's sleeping problem or my daughter's hyperactivity and things like that? And just organically, my family practice was born, and I began to see more and more children. Um, I find that that really encouraging. I think that's great that people are, are thinking about it that way. Um, why do you think that it was so hard to to find a diagnosis for your son? 
Well, I think it depends on sort of the, the wheelhouse of, of Western medicine. If they can find an identifiable cause for an illness or disease, oftentimes the answer is straightforward. You know, if there's a, a severe bacterial infection and we can diagnose that, then we know it's clearly the right answer to give, say, antibiotics. But for so many functional illnesses, there isn't a clear-cut diagnosis. And even if we know what the diagnosis is, the solution may not be as simple as a drug or a pill. And so, you know, many parents, to get that deeper level of healing, we have to search on our own to figure out, well, what can we do to change their diet or herbs or changes to our lifestyle, um, detoxifying our home and things like that, all of these other things that are so important to our health we're not going to find them at the doctor's office. It's something that we have to take charge of, and it's something that we're not going to find necessarily in the Western medical system. Um, so why do you think that the system is failing us? Um, I, I just think it's it's not a complete system. I, I think that um, we've looked to Western medicine to be a complete system of healing, and you know, depending on who you ask, so many of our illnesses are, you know, stress-related. They may be environmentally related. It may be related to our gut and our nutrition. And, you know, Western medicine is so, you know, abundantly ready to heal acute conditions, broken legs and, you know, appendectomies and other things like that. But, you know, when it comes to these chronic illnesses, it's not really... Um, designed to help us heal from the inside out. It's not really designed to look at our lifestyle, to look at our stress areas, to look at other things like like that that are so important and really the core of our health. And so when we only look in that direction, it is going to fail us. But when we ourselves you know, begin to branch out and take more responsibility and begin to change how we live, that changes our health. Um, one thing I found really shocking in your book was talking about how illness in children was on the rise. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, why Why do you think that is? What's happening? Oh, my goodness. I, that's such a, a big, I mean, that, that question alone could probably be an entire <laughs> radio show. But I think in a nutshell, there's a, there's a myriad of things that are occurring kind of simultaneously. You know, we've seen massive changes in our food supply. Um, we've, see, we've had now generations of people getting antibiotics repeatedly, uh, sometimes unnecessarily. It's impacting our gut and our gut flora, and that in turn impacts our immune system and our uh, immune, you know, our, our uh when our body begins to attack itself and create autoimmune types of issues, um, you know, we are having so many thousands and thousands of chemicals in our environment and we're bringing those chemicals into our homes and they're having a negative impact on our bodies. So there's such, so many changes to our lifestyle, diet, and environment that have occurred over the last, say, 50 to 60 years. And what we're seeing today is the ramifications of that. We're seeing children with learning and behavioral problems and, you know, chronic and severe contemporary childhood conditions like asthma, allergies, eczema, autism. Those are things you didn't hear about 40 or 50 years ago. And now they're so, so common. It's almost like we accept them as being normal when they're really not. 
Well, you know, that's the the main reason why I do this show is to bring that awareness to people of all those things you mentioned and more of how we can prevent, you know, being unwell because everything you mentioned isn't really looked at by our traditional healthcare system, um, which I think is why you and I both, you know, practice Chinese medicine and, and look outside that system so we can help those people falling through the cracks. Exactly. And I, and I really feel I love that you use the word falling through the cracks because that's exactly where our kids, what's happening to our kids, many of our kids. And I, I call it the unwellness gap when, you know, kids are not entirely well, they're not optimal, they're not thriving, but they're not entirely sick either. They're not in a hospital. There's not a medical procedure or surgery that they need or a pill that can fix them. They're just in this gap. They've fallen through this, the cracks and and they're just unwell. They're not, they're not as happy or healthy or thriving in the way that they should be. But there's so much that we can do as parents to help them, you know, get better and become their best selves. So, um, you know, I, we've talked about Chinese medicine a lot on this show, but um, for anybody who's listening for the first time, can you just explain a little bit about what that is? Yes. Chinese medicine is one of the oldest forms of medicine um, in, you know, in humankind, and it's been around for thousands of years. And at really the cornerstone of Chinese medicine is this idea that we have meridians or these energy pathways in the body that are akin to the nervous system or the circulatory system in the way that they cover and network the entire body. But instead of carrying blood or nerve impulses, what our meridian system does is carry energy and energy is sort of like the canary in the coal mine. So when our energy system is out of balance, we're going to just not feel right. We're going to not feel well. And as it gets more and more out of balance or congested or blocked in certain areas, that's when we're going to have pain and specific illness. And what Chinese medicine does is use acupuncture or acupressure or herbs or qigong or energy medicine to help restore balance to our energy system. And so it works with the body's natural healing mechanisms and helps our body heal itself so it can become stronger in the long run. So in your book, you talk about treating the whole child instead of the symptoms. Can you explain how Chinese medicine can help people do that? Absolutely. And, And one of the very, like, first things anyone who goes to Chinese medicine school will learn is that you could have, you know, five conditions. You could have five kids with each with a cough, but have five different diagnoses because we don't just look at the cough. We look at all of the symptoms surrounding the cough, you know, when it happens, where it happens, what it sounds like. But we also take into consideration the constitution or the makeup of the child that has the cough. Are they um, strong and robust and, you know, have a lot of heat in their body or are they you know, weak and tired and cold and, and, you know, need more support. So everything is so unique, and we can't really look at any disease in the body without really looking at the person who has it, because the person who has it influences how that disease is going to manifest and unfold. And when we look at a whole child, we're not just looking at them physically, we're looking at their body, their mind, and their spirit. And those three components are so important for anyone, including children, to heal deeply and completely. So can you just explain to us what the body, mind, and spirit are? 
Sure. I think, you know, the body is pretty obvious. It's, it's our physical, you know, essence. It's our um, physicality. It's how we're eating and sleeping and resting and recovering. And um, we will look at, there's usually a, a bunch of questions that we will ask about the body when, you know, we're in, um, you know, a session. So we'll, we'll check in with immune function, digestive function, energy levels, appetite and thirst physical activity, and for children, another thing we'll check in with is um, the physical developmental milestones to make sure that kids are on track. And then when it comes to the mind, we're thinking about things like mental clarity, a child's ability to pay attention and focus, memory, learning, cognition. Uh, Also, you know, the mind, there is this uh, fluidity of our emotional states and being able to experience a range of emotions and also not get stuck in those emotions. You know, it's our ability to interpret uh, input from our senses. So sight, taste, touch, sound, and feeling, all of those things come into the mind category for kids. And then we have the spirit. And the spirit is really, in Chinese medicine, we call it like the Shen. It's it's our knowingness. It's, a, it's like a knowingness. It's like a spirit that's exuded from a child. And you can see it when you just see these kids who are just in a state of wonder. They're so curious and so happy, and they just love unconditionally, and this comes from their spirit. And other ways we can see spirit is things like happiness, optimism, a child's creativity and playfulness, um, their resilience. Um, and, and oftentimes, even at a young age, children have a sense of their life purpose and meaning. They have a connection to God or spirit or, you know, the universe, whatever you like to call it. Um, empathy and compassion are all parts of our spirit that are so important for us to nurture in our children. So, um, you do talk in your book as well to treat the disease, find the root. Can you explain what that means? Yes. Well, it's, in, in Chinese medicine, we have what we call root and branch theory. And the idea is that if we take the tree as a model of balance, the tree has its roots which go down into the earth. And from those roots, we are nourished. You know, that's where the tree gets all of its nourishment and it spreads it out to the rest of the tree, to the branches. And when a tree has a problem... You know, if it's coming from the roots and we go and we just cut off a branch, we're not really solving the problem. We've just cut off the diseased part, but the, the problem still remains. So certainly it'll affect the other branches and the symptoms will come back. But if we figure out what's wrong at the root, you know, maybe the tree isn't getting enough water or maybe there's not enough nutrients or maybe the soil's not stable enough for the tree. When we fix that part, now we've truly fixed the underlying cause of the problem and the tree can flourish once again. And that's really the meaning of to treat the disease, we want to find the root. So that's what we're doing uh, when we treat kids. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, I love thinking about it that way. I think that's why I like Chinese medicine so much that, you know, you can really get... Um, change people's lives and get to, um, you know, you're not stuck on medication and, and you've changed some things in your lifestyle so that you can be healthier and then overall you're you're feeling better for a long term. Absolutely, yes. So we're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Robin Ray Green. She's the author of uh, the book Heal Your Child from the Inside Out, The Five-Element Way to Nurturing Healthy, Happy Kids. So please stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. 
your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Robin Ray Green. She's the author of the book, Heal Your Child from the Inside Out, The Five-Element Way to Nurturing Healthy, Happy Kids. So, uh, Robin, before the break, we talked about Chinese medicine, but five elements is a part of that. And I think, uh, you know, looking at your book, it's obviously important. Um, So can you just explain what that is? Yes. The five elements are a system of correspondences in Chinese medicine that are drawn from nature. And the five elements themselves are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And we use them as a metaphor from the outer world to look at what's happening in the balance that we have in our inner world or our personal ecosystem. And just like in nature, um, our ecosystems you know, they all need to be in balance. They all need certain things. So in Chinese medicine, each element nourishes one another. Each element regulates and provides counterbalance for one another. And each element corresponds physically to certain parts of the anatomy, to certain parts of our physiological functioning. And each element corresponds to a particular personality type and temperament style. 
and certain emotions and also certain spiritual qualities are also attributed to each of the elements. And so we're able to use the five elements as this model to understand who our children are, what might be out of balance in their body, and then that gives us the, it lays out the path to bringing things back into balance. So, um, can you just explain, and we don't have to explain all of them, but just maybe some examples of, of how we can use those to relate to certain children? Absolutely. One of my favorite parts, actually probably my favorite absolute part of using the five elements is understanding who our children are, who their, what their personalities are, and what motivates them, and you know, how, why they are the way they are. And so we have the five elements. We've got, you know, like I was saying, wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And we can put those five elements on a continuum where we have what we call the more young or active and demanding and bright and, you know, outgoing and energetic um, children, which are going to fall into the wood and fire and sometimes earth children are going to you know, be that way. And then on the other end of the continuum, we have the more metal and water children, which are more, a little more easygoing, a little less demanding, a little more, you know, introverted and quiet and calm and things like that. So then each element brings to us its own strengths and challenges and, and gifts that each one has. So like wood children, um, they're very curious, they're very driven, but their challenge is, you know, anger and irritability, and they have trouble sometimes managing these big emotions. Um, fire kids, they're, you know, very creative, have a lot of charisma, very outgoing, very sensual, but their challenge is focus and impulse control and sometimes moodiness. And then earth children are very, they're very caring, they love to help others and be of service, and they are just really sweet sweet children, um, but their challenge is um, obsessive thinking and worrying and people-pleasing. You know, people-pleasing can be good to a point, but sometimes when it's taken too far, it begins to, you know, be have a negative effect on the person. Metal children, um, they're, they're very sweet and easygoing, but also have kind of a, you know, a stubborn streak. They have the, a, a sense of vision, like these kids really notice everything in their environment and have the ability to see the big picture and all the little details. But their challenge is flexibility. And then we have the water child who's very imaginative, very creative, but more in their own inner world. They tend to think and see the world a little bit differently than others. And their challenge is fitting in with things like structure and punctuality. And, you know, because they just look at life a little bit different. And they're so important to, you know, making our world a new and better place because they see things so differently. Um, and each element, when you discover what elemental type your child is, a lot of times parents just have this huge sense of relief because, you know, we wonder if maybe we've, we've done that to them. And when we often find what our child's you know, elemental type is, we realize that's just their nature. It's just who they are, and we can help them, and we can provide the right environment for them to really thrive. And it may not always look like what everybody else is doing. So that's just a little bit about the different five element types. 
Well, you know, what I like about your book, because, you know, I've read lots of Chinese medicine books, and some of them don't give you um, the questionnaires like you have. So you have a bunch of ways people can find out where their their child fits in, which I think um, is, is pretty helpful. Yeah, it's definitely a great starting point. And, you know, the questionnaire will will give you usually the top two or three that your child elements that your child may resonate with. But sometimes you have to just sit with it and observe them and their dominant element will become more clear as we just let them be in the world with our new knowledge of of the elements. So is it always clear cut what element someone is? Sometimes it's very clear cut. Like, you know, especially if the child is really... You know, embodying the archetype of that element, like the wood child who's like super athletic and, you know, competitive and, you know, always on the go and all of that. But oftentimes we're a blend. We, we are always a blend of all five elements, but oftentimes you know, children can be a little more difficult to type because they have strong influences from more than one element and those will soften or bolster certain traits of the dominant element. So that's why I think sometimes sitting with it and just watching your child can be really helpful to figure out which one may be a little bit more dominant. So, and you mentioned, um, you know, yin and yang um, when you're explaining the elements. Can you explain what yin-yang theory is? Of course. So this is one of, you know, the very, um, be- you know, beginning theories in, in Chinese medicine. And yin and yang are sort of like your your opposites, right? They are... Um, you know, oh my goodness, all of a sudden my mind just went to blank. Um, <laughs> so we have, if you think of yin and yang very simplistically as opposites, where one sort of transforms into the other, um, you know, we'll have traits. You know, they're also relative. Yin and yang is opposites, but there's also a relative quality to it. So let's say you walk into a room after being out in the light and it feels really dark. But if you were already in the room, you know, your eyes have adjusted and the room doesn't seem dark. You walk out to the light and that's too bright. So um, the yin and yang gives us a context for, um, you know, sorting things and finding the, the range and qualities that you'll find in life. And we can apply this then specifically to a child's type. And when children are more yin, they're more, you know, going to have the qualities of yin, which are dark and cold and quiet and calm and you know, feminine kind of energy. And then yang is more like bright and bold and outgoing and demanding and loud. And so then that can be our first step in sort of understanding who our child is. So when we're taking all this information about the elements and the yin and and yang, um, how is it different to to parent these children? Like, do does it help people to change a certain way that they're behaving with their child, or is there things they need to do? Well, I think there's certain parenting ways. Like a lot of times, parents will naturally shift their parenting style. You know, if they have different children, because they realize very quickly that with baby number one, you know, they could take them for a spin in the car and they knock, you know, they just go to sleep and baby number two wants to be, um, you know, rocked and held and all of this before falling asleep, right? So we will naturally find ways to adapt our parenting styles. But um, more specifically, you know, you may feel like, you know, 
that children benefit from regular structured, you know, after-school activities and soccer and this and that. And that might work for, like, a wood or a fire or an earth child, but that might be not so beneficial for a metal or a water child who, who likes to um, have more quiet time, likes more downtime in Legos and does better with just riding their bike and scooter out in the you know, in front of their house instead of being in a structured, competitive environment. So we begin to be able to be more flexible in, in realizing that maybe your oldest child who's wood, you know, loves being on the basketball team, whereas your youngest child who's, say, metal, really just enjoys being in karate where he can challenge himself and not necessarily be in a super competitive environment. So then we adapt and we then begin to honor our child's nature and life just gets the whole lot easier when you go with your own child's nature and flow to the extent that you can. Um, well, you know, it, it definitely makes sense. I mean, it, it's um, whether you're looking at five elements, which is that the child is different. As you said, you're going to adapt how, what they need and, and how they, um, they need to be cared for and parented. Exactly. So, um, when, when we're looking at all of this, of course, we're looking at the health aspect. And you mentioned that there are challenges and positives to every element. But what can cause an imbalance in the element? Really, you know, a wide variety of things can cause imbalances. And some of those imbalances are just going to be temporary. So it could be things like, you know, a bacterial or a viral infection, fever, um, too much activity without enough rest, you know, having the kids too many sleepovers too close together, um, you know, then more serious problems can result with things for like poor sleep or poor nutrition or chronic dehydration, um, too much, any time of screen time, too much video gaming, too much TV time or other mental stimulation can have uh, a negative impact on the element, um, stress. Um, strong emotions, and then more environmental factors like um, toxins or even medications can all cause imbalances. And sometimes a child can be adapting just fine until there's like a perfect storm of events that occur, and that just kind of seems to set them over the edge. And how can we recognize that they've gone over the edge? Usually you'll see a you know, either a resurfacing of symptoms or a new illness will come about. And and is that different for each element? Just, like, just, um, you know, say that if it's a more young element, would they um, display it in a different way than someone that was a little more yin? Right, yes, exactly. So the first part of it is, you know, we can then, we can use the five elements in two main ways. And the first way was what we were talking about earlier with understanding the child's personality type. And then the second way we use the elements, the five elements, is with diagnosing the actual imbalances that are occurring in the body. So with each element, there'll be specific illnesses that will show up. So for instance, if a child has a fire imbalance, they're much more likely to have problems with sleeping and anxiety. And if a child of any elemental type has, you know, an earth imbalance, then they might have digestive problems or, um, you know, difficulty with their bowel movements or constipation or something like that, and, and so on. So each element will have specific symptoms. And then how those symptoms show up will have to do with how, how the child is doing overall. If they're already 
you know, not sleeping well and not eating well, and they're really what in Chinese medicine we call deficient, then that's going to have one set of symptoms versus a child who's, um, you know, really got a lot of excess in their body. They have a lot of heat or a lot of yang in their body, and then that's going to create a different set of symptoms. And so we just sort of use this, like, step-by-step process to figure out who this child is, what's out of balance, what is the imbalance like? Is it an excess imbalance or, de- or deficiency imbalance? And we determine the excess and deficiency according to the symptoms that they're displaying. And then, then we know a lot of information, and now we can start creating the plan to get them back on track. Well, that, that sounds um, great to me. We're going to take a quick break. We're talking today with Robin Ray Green. She's the author of Heal Your Child from the Inside Out, The Five-Element Way to Nurturing Healthy, Happy Kids. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be back shortly. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health & Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Falling Through the Cracks with your host, Dr. Rebecca Risk. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email directly to Dr. Risk. The email address is anantacalgary at gmail.com. Now, back to Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Falling Through the Cracks. Today, we're talking with Robin Ray Green. She's the author of Heal Your Child from the Inside Out, the five-element way to nurturing healthy, happy kids. So, um, Robin, in your book, you've got some great information at the end of it, and um, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening, how they can get started on, you know, healing their child or even helping them just to be a better um, child. And so what's the first step that they should take? Well, I think the first step is um, once that, you know, in my book, I have questionnaires and quizzes to help you figure out all the different, you know, your child's element type and imbalances. And that's really the first step is taking that questionnaire and getting the information that you need to know about your child. And then the second step is using what I call the wellness wheel um, to figure out the next best steps to take to help your child. And the wellness wheel includes things like elemental parenting, which we were talking about earlier, with adapting our parenting style to really nurture and honor who our children are. But then we need to add in things like healthy eating and healthy guts. We have to focus on, you know, gut health is a really huge part of our child's overall health. Uh, I also bring in things like acupressure and massage because um, they stimulate that meridian system to help our child's body heal itself. And that's something that parents can easily do at home. Gratitude and mindfulness are another really important piece of nurturing our child's spirit and helping them become happy from within. And then, of course, if we if a child has very specific symptoms, we're going to want to bring in different kinds of natural remedies, which can be anything from kitchen remedies to... Um, homeopathics to herbs to even things like cleaning up our house and getting rid of household toxins and making it more green. So those are our first steps to um, helping our child heal. And I always tell parents that it's overwhelming when you think of all the changes you want to make when you start looking at all the different pieces of things we need to bring into the wellness wheel. So I always recommend just starting with like, you know, the top three things that are most important but you start with the easiest one first and you take that one little step and you get that one little step down and then you start with the next thing. And when you continually make these small, tiny steps, you look back in six months or a year and you've made dramatic lifestyle uh, changes that, that can have amazingly positive impact on your family. Um, I like the advice of, of starting slow because often people get really overwhelmed with making changes and, and you know, you want to, um, when I have visits with my patients, I want to give them as much information as I can, but then obviously it's not going to take them a while to, to follow through on all of it because you can't change overnight. And I think I like that you're giving that advice to just do what you can and then eventually it all falls into place the way you need it to. Absolutely. I mean, I think that is, because how can we really go if we, you know, you start out on something and if it's overwhelming, nobody's going to go, nobody's going to finish it. And I know I I can totally relate. You know, I'm a full-time working mom and, you know, there's a lot that has to be done. And when I think about the changes that we made for our family, it didn't happen in a week or a month or even a year. I mean, it's been several years. It took several years to make the, the basic, you know, major changes that I wanted to make. But then you, every time you reach that next level of changes that you want to make, you realize there's another level you could go. And, and again, you can get yourself all overwhelmed and, you know, we don't want to go crazy. Like, I don't need to start a farm in my backyard just to eat healthy. Like, how can I do it in a way that really fits in with my lifestyle? And 
And sometimes it has to happen slowly and just step by step. Um, so when people are getting started, I know usually people look at diet first. So are there any um, dietary considerations that can help keep you know kids healthy? Absolutely. I have my top three that I recommend uh, for really for everyone, but, but, you know, for kids, these top three things are really not that hard to implement and you can do them really simply and easily, often without kids even knowing what you're doing. So the first thing is just adding in more organics. So if there are um, foods that your children love, if there's fruits and vegetables that they love, just buy those organic as much as is feasible. And, you know, there's really no level of pesticides or chemicals that is acceptable, in my opinion, for anyone to eat. Um, organic is really like the way nature intended our food to be. And the fact that we can just, you know, return to that as much as possible is so beneficial. So many benefits um, for kids to avoid those kind of chemicals and pesticides. So that's oftentimes easy switches that your kids won't even notice. You know, organic and an organic apple versus, you know, conventionally grown apple. They, they won't even notice the difference. And how awesome is that? Um, the second thing is cutting back on sugar. Um, we don't realize how much added sugar we get in our diets because it's hiding in so many foods. It's hiding in spaghetti sauce. It's hiding in bread. It's hiding in so many things. And so super easy for us to allow our kids to overdo it on sugar and when we think they're eating healthy. So uh, I don't know, you know, where the, our, your listeners are coming from or what their schools are like, but I know around where I live, there was a lot of families would bring in, you know, the pink boxes of donuts or cookies or cupcakes for birthdays. And if a child has a, a treat at school and a dessert in their lunch and then they have a Jamba Juice, or they have a soda at a party, I mean, they can easily, with just those three items, go way over what is recommended for their sugar intake. So a lot of times, just really being aware of where these hidden sugars are coming from, like yogurt, the little quarter, you know, uh, cup-sized yogurt have a lot of sugar in them, uh, pasta, spaghetti sauces, and then these obvious candies and treats and sodas and juices have a lot of sugar. So we just start cutting back on that stuff and making sure that you know, our children, you know, I, I really don't think that dessert should be a nightly ritual. It should be something special. So we should have dessert, just not every day. It's just not something I think children should be used to expecting every single day. So when we shift that, that can really cut back sugar intake, which is so beneficial for kids. And then the, the final piece of, of that is making sure that our children are getting adequate nutrition on a daily basis. And sometimes that means, you know, really looking at what foods are helping their bodies and what foods, you know, are causing their bodies trouble. And that can sometimes look at, um, you know, is my child sensitive to a particular food that could be aggravating their symptoms? And some of the common things that can aggravate symptoms are the most common things like gluten and dairy, corn, soy, peanuts, and eggs. So sometimes looking at that can be really beneficial to getting our kids' health back on track. Um, I, that's a pretty good start. Um, you know, it, 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 when you talk about the schools um, bringing stuff in, it's a complaint that I hear all the time because I, I bring sugar as awareness to um, my patients. And, and I am so shocked that the teachers want to deal with 30 students hopped up on sugar. 
And, <laughs> you know, it just baffles me that they actually do that and that they still are doing that when so many people don't want it anymore and they, you know, they want their kids to be healthier. And, you know, when I was a kid, as you said, desserts not every day. We only had it on Sundays. And, you know, now a treat is every day, which isn't really a treat, in my opinion. It's a daily thing, which is kind of expected. Exactly. Yeah. And so a treat exactly. is a treat where you have it on those special days or, you know, that once a week. It was Sunday. It was a special time, you know, and and we enjoyed it then. And then we didn't get sugar the rest of the week. I know. And that is so, you know, like... It makes things special. And now, like, you have this memory from your childhood of your Sunday dessert. Like, and I think that is, you know, a really healthy way to allow, because we don't want to cut, we don't want to say no sugar ever, and you have to have, like, some vegan, you know, green cake for your birthday. No, like, that's when you should have cake, you know. It should be where it is a treat, and it feels really good, and you have it, and you don't feel guilty about it. And when we when we put set those limits, it not only is better and healthier for us, but it's also um, more fun too. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, now you talked a, a lot about um, massage and acupressure. Can you explain that a little bit? Yes. So, like I was talking about earlier, we have our meridian system in our body, which you know it's like a network that connects us, and we can tap in to help our bodies heal through special points on the body. And an acupuncturist or a TCM practitioner will often use acupuncture to tap into those points. But at home, we can use uh, massage and acupressure to similarly stimulate healing. And for children, their meridian system is is immature, just like children have their lungs and their immune system and their digestive system are maturing as they get older. So in Chinese medicine, we have these very special types of pediatric massage that can stimulate healing that is gentle and safe and effective for kids pretty much no matter what is going on. And they can be used and combined with, um, you know, what other conventional medical treatments a child is undergoing. And in the book, I have specific points that you can use in specific massage styles. But one of the things that is so beneficial, excuse me, I'm going to cough for a second. Sorry about that. Um, it's, I have a, a wellness massage that I recommend, and it's five massage techniques. It only takes a couple of minutes to do each night, and it's such a wonderful thing to add into a child's routine, especially before bed, because it helps their body heal. It keeps their elements balanced, and children love it. It's so relaxing. It quiets and calms them before bedtime. And I have so many testimonials from parents that have used the Chinese wellness massage and just found it to be so incredibly helpful at keeping their kids healthy. Uh, you know, I, I think there's also another added benefit. It's that, um, you know, when people become adults and they, or, I mean, children also can have problems sleeping, but having a nighttime ritual that can create that calming because most people get stimulated by watching tv and then go to bed and then they have trouble turning their brain off and they wonder why and uh you know also that that um the contact with their parents and and, you know being touched as well um which you know hopefully happens but some families are a little different in that way so you have that physical contact that that um you know um 
the relaxed time and and everything, the ritual that's so, so important for us. And learning that as a child means it's going to be implemented when they're older. Oh, yeah. And I think we should never underestimate the power of our love for our children. And when we connect into that love through, you know, healing touch, that's where, that's truly where the power and the healing lie is that love that we have for our children. And it's just, to me, such a beautiful way to share that with our kids and connect with them. So you mentioned earlier as well about um, gratitude and I I think meditation and, you know, I've done a lot of shows on gratitude and mindfulness, but um, I am curious on how you um, start a child doing that because a lot of people journal, which isn't always possible for a child. So how do you get them started doing that? Oh, I love this question. And it's, it's actually really, really fun. The way that I started with my kids was just, at night, I would ask them, tell me something good that happened today. And that allows that's such an open question. And it could be anything from, oh, I got this favorite Pokemon card I've been wanting to, you know, I got to spend the afternoon with grandma and we made Christmas ornaments or, you know, whatever it might be. And I, I love doing that because some kids, as they get older, will have trouble at night. Like, they'll start thinking and ruminating at night before bed. And a lot of times it'll go to a negative or anxiety-filled place. But if early on we start to have them focus and reflect on what they're grateful for in a way that they can really connect with, it sets up a different pattern for them so that they can go to bed being feeling blessed and feeling happy about the things that happened to them that day. And I think that is another powerful tool for healing. Definitely a powerful tool because if you're ending the day thinking about the gratitude, we all know that that can change the neurons in your brain to be happier. And if you're starting that at a really young age, you know, it's going to be ingrained in you. It's going to be easier when you go through tough times and it's going to, you know, make for a happy, healthier kid. Oh, my gosh, so much. And that, that could be another topic for a book right there. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, so so when you write your next three books, you let me know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, is there any last advice that you have if somebody's listening to this and maybe feeling overwhelmed of, like, where they should get started in helping their child? Well, I think this is going to sound maybe a little strange, but I feel like it's so important to – Find peace with what's happening right now. Um, There's a little bit of, I think, surrender that has to go into it when your child is suffering in some way, if they're sick or unwell or they're having problems at school or whatever it might be. You know, as parents, we take it so, you know, we take it so close to our own heart. We, We suffer, you know, probably even more than our children are suffering because we hate to see them in that way. And it's so important to realize that when our children are having issues, it's actually, there's a medicine in that. There's an awakening. There's, uh, it'll point us to the things that we need to help them change and things that we need to change in ourselves and in our own lives. And I can say now, after going through this journey with my son and his eczema and his other kind of, you know, health challenges that he's had as he's grown up, that every single thing that we've gone through has actually helped not only us, but it's helped so many other people. And you never know how what you're going through might help somebody else when you're on the other side of it or how it might have changed the trajectory and 
um, of your life and your health as well as your child. So I just really encourage parents to, to surrender to what is. And that doesn't mean to give up. It just means to, like, accept it for what it is and find the gratitude in what is happening because I can guarantee you there is some higher reason or bigger meaning to what's going on that will, you know, really change your lives in so much the better way, so much of a better way. So I think that's really, really good advice. Uh, is there a way that um, someone can find you or your book if they have any qu- questions? Absolutely. My website over at robinraygreen.com um, has a lot of information. I blog on there regularly about the five elements and about children's health. And if they want to find out more about my book, they can just go to robinraygreen.com slash book. And um, if you decide to purchase my book, I can. I have three free gifts you can get. You can go over there and claim your free gifts, including a free acupressure guide and all the questionnaires that are in the book, you can print them out. And um, I'll also have a webinar coming up that will be available soon, too. Awesome. That's really exciting. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Rebecca, thank you so much for having me. And thank you so much for the work you do with your radio show to get this information out to the parents and the people that really need it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Be sure to make today a great day. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Falling Through the Cracks. Feel alive and thrive. Please join Dr. Rebecca Risk again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk more next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.